going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great, great weekend, whatever in the world it is that you did, and that you are ready for some more great wrestling conversation listen thank you to everyone who has spent time hanging out with us by way of social media at the faction show also if you are a regular listener to this podcast we appreciate and honor you because you're dope you're the reason why we continue to do what we do and if you are brand new to us welcome to this wonderful journey we call the faction all sorts of wonderful things happen here relative to the world of pro wrestling so stay connected and not just connected but tell some friends as well and uh let's have ourselves an absolutely fabulous time speaking of last week gotta shout out our three big cities from last week coming in at number three it's our friends in dublin ireland listen i don't know who these wonderful people are in dublin but thank you so much for joining us and hanging out with us every week you guys have been consistently in the top three for the last four weeks now Uh, at number two it's san antonio texas we love the great city of san antonio and the number one city this week is west palm beach florida So listen, if you're in any of those cities, hit us up and uh, let us know. And we definitely want to say thank you for listening to The Faction. Now then, as we alluded to this past Friday, a very big weekend in the world of pro wrestling was ahead of us. Three major pay-per-views. Two of them happened over the weekend with one going down today in Japan. We'll talk about that in a second. But before we do that... Let's talk about how the weekend kicked off Friday night on SmackDown, which was headlined by a title match, an intercontinental title match between Matt Riddle, the challenger, and the champion AJ Styles, a match that went back and forth, an exciting match that saw AJ Styles retain the intercontinental championship against Matt Riddle, giving Riddle his first loss on SmackDown. Well, as great as that match was, and the fact that this was the go-home show for the Extreme Rules Horror Show pay-per-view, one would imagine that traditionally that would mean great ratings for SmackDown. However, it did not. In fact, SmackDown's ratings dropped from the week before. The week before, they were at 1.905 million viewers. This past Friday, they pulled in 1.8. Nine three million viewers, and it is the second lowest rating since SmackDown moved to Fox, and that's only ahead of the rating from July the third, which was earlier this month for the Fourth of July weekend, at one point seven seven million viewers. So that's not good news for SmackDown. And it is further evidence that WWE is really having a difficult time uh, translating their show during this pandemic into ratings, into people watching. Um, There does not seem to be enough of an impetus for people to watch both Raw or SmackDown. In fact, um, one of the things that was supposed to happen last night initially at the horror show uh, was Randy Orton taking on the big show. Well, instead, they moved that match to Raw tonight with the hopes and thoughts that Randy Orton versus the big show could garner more ratings for Monday Night Raw. 
I don't know the wisdom of that, but that was certainly the impetus behind it. We're going to get into WWE's pay-per-view uh, in just a little bit, but first we want to tell you what happened Saturday night at the Impact Slammiversary pay-per-view. It was the 18th presentation of this pay-per-view, and congratulations to Impact Wrestling. We have been following, of course, what they've been doing for the last 18 years and certainly in the last couple of years it seemed like they've been having some real challenges but they have stayed the course they have a relatively new roster compared to what was there four or five years ago and a lot of people were watching this pay-per-view for a really simple reason as we mentioned on friday roughly three months ago a huge set of layoffs happened in WWE. And the question would be, who would end up where? Considering the pandemic has made it virtually impossible to travel overseas, many of these superstars showing up in Japan does not seem to be a real option right now. Ring of Honor, of course, has closed their doors. So the real questions in terms of where they can land is pretty much AEW or Impact Wrestling. Well, Impact Wrestling had a number of former WWE debuts happen over the weekend, which included, number one, the Good Brothers. That would be Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Uh, those guys, of course, have done some amazing things. Part of the original Bullet Club were, of course, right-hand men for AJ Styles, and they are now officially in Impact Wrestling. Also making their debut in Impact Wrestling over the weekend was Heath Slater. That's right. Well, he's an impact now. Well, we saw last week he was on Monday Night Raw, and uh, that was probably his swan song for sure because now he's over in Impact, and he's reunited with his former championship tag team partner, Rhino. That's a pretty interesting connection for sure. Also debuting this weekend was EC3. EC3 showed up at the very end of the pay-per-view. He alluded to the fact that he would be showing up in Impact uh, via social media. So, yeah, some great, great stuff. What was cool, though, was that none of these folks showed up in the ways that people may have been anticipating. For instance, there was an open challenge, a tag team open challenge involving the Rascals, and many thought they would end up facing the Good Brothers instead of answering that challenge were the returning Motor City Machine Guns. Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, what a tag team they have been historically in impact, and they would win their match against the Rascals. Moose successfully defended the TNA World Championship by defeating Tommy Dreamer in the Knockout Gauntlets match. It's Kylie Ray who won and is now the new number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. And speaking of the Knockouts Championship, newly signed Deanna Perrazzo, who formed spent time in NXT, defeated Jordan Grace to become the new Knockouts Champion. Speaking of championship, the X Division Championship was on the line as Chris Bay defeated Willie Mack to become the new champion. The Impact Tag Titles were on the line as the North retained their title against the team of Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. And in the main event, it was a five-way elimination match for the vacant Impact World Championship. 
It was originally supposed to be a four-way match, which turned into a five-way match. The mystery opponent that was promoted, many thought could be EC3. Instead, it was the returning Rich Swan, who's completely healed from an ankle injury that sidelined him earlier this year, but also returning to Impact, having spent kind of a dismal time in WWE, was Eric Young. Of course, Eric Young, a huge part of Impact's history, a former Impact World Champion there. Well, he's now the world-class maniac. Eric Young took part in the Fatal Five-Way for the Impact World Championship. But the winner and new champion is Eddie Edwards. Congratulations to him. And congratulations to Impact for a really, really solid show. If you guys missed it, of course, you can go back and check it out on all the ways that Impact Wrestling does pay-per-view. Now then, speaking of pay-per-view, last night, was the horror show at Extreme Rules for WWE that took place, of course, at the Performance Center. And uh, some pretty unique things happened at the horror show. For one, we have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions as Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro defeated the New Day in a tables match. Apollo Crews was scheduled to defend the U.S. Championship against MVP. However, because of an injury, he was not able to appear. And so there's already controversy swirling because MVP declared himself as the new U.S. Champion via forfeit. But we're not sure if that's factual or not. The eye for an eye match took place as Seth Rollins defeated Rey Mysterio. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Bailey retained her championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. The Raw Women's Championship is up again for a bit of controversy as the referee was knocked out. Bailey put on a referee shirt, counted the one, two, three, and awarded Sasha the Raw Women's Championship. But is that really a title change i don't know dolph ziggler came up with some pretty incredible stipulations meaning he would participate in an extreme rules match but drew mcintyre could not but it wasn't enough as drew mcintyre retained the wwe championship and then it was a non-title match the wyatt swamp fight another cinematic match that saw bray wyatt seemingly defeat Braun Strowman and witness the return of The Fiend. So very briefly, I want to talk about my takeaways from Extreme Rules. Let me first say that I felt like this entire concept for Extreme Rules, the horror show, was misplaced, right? Horror show would make sense during Halloween, not in the middle of summer. So I'm not sure... Who came up with the bright idea? Hey, let's do the horror show for Extreme Rules. Perhaps that was their justification for doing uh, the eye for an eye match or the Wyatt Swamp fight. But I just felt like in terms of what's going on, it just didn't make any sense. You know, like this would make sense if you're going to bring back Halloween Havoc or if you're going to have some sort of pay-per-view around that time. But right smack in the middle of the summer leading into SummerSlam of all things didn't make sense congratulations to shinsuke nakamura and cesaro really glad to see them get an opportunity as a tag team um to wear a championship gold it's nakamura's first tag team championship in wwe it's cesaro's seventh tag team championship and hopefully this will spawn into some real success for them as individuals but as a tag team should be interesting to watch for sure 
Um, I'm not a fan of the fact that the U.S. title and the Raw Women's Championship uh, are under such controversy. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't line up the rules that are consistent with things. How does a person declare themselves a champion? And again, MVP had an entire belt made. Now he calls himself the U.S. champion. Equally disturbing is Sasha Banks walking around with the Raw Women's Championship um, after what had been a really solid match with Asuka that did not come to a conclusive ending. Um, Drew McIntyre is a WWE champion. I I really wonder what his title reign would be like if we didn't have a pandemic. I think being able to hear the crowd get behind him may endear some of us more to him, but right now it's kind of a forgettable title reign, as is the title reign of Braun Strowman. I'll get to that in a second. The eye for an eye match. I had my reservations about it leading into it. And now that I've seen it, now that it's happened, I just don't like any part of it. I think I was entirely waiting for somebody to come out and stop the match and say, okay, guys, this has gone too far. Um, I also expected it to be a bit of a cinematic match, but the fact that it was live, um, I just, I, I don't like it. Nothing about it feels right or good to me and um, just a bad bad moment from wwe and if that's the extreme nature that we have to go to to get eyes on the product uh, again a very very bad move the redeeming quality of the horror show was without question the wyatt swamp fight i love what is happening with bray wyatt i love the fact that we don't see him on television every week i love the fact that he is finally special and I love the fact that they are using such creative methods to be able to build him as a larger than life personality because he is. These matches with him are really, really psychological battles. And and that's what makes sense. You know he's not normal. And so I think it was a great, great situation. I'm definitely going to watch the match again. Uh, they can do no wrong, seemingly, with these movie matches, particularly surrounding Bray Wyatt. Um, definitely is up there with uh, what we saw for the Firefly Funhouse match. But what I really like is, again, this was different. They've not tried to do a cookie cutter situation with this. And so I just long for the day that the creativity that they're able to produce outside of the ring um, will be matched by the creativity inside the ring. That's my hope. Um, what did you think of the horror show at Extreme Rules? Let us know by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We want to hear from you. We also want to know what you thought about Impact, if you had a chance to see it. And uh, we'll talk about New Japan's latest card on tomorrow's episode of The Faction. All right, guys. Again, make sure you're sharing what we're doing with uh, your followers. Share this with your friends. Continue to subscribe, rate, and download what we're doing. And so with that said, it's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day, guys. I my people. Here we go.